It's the HBCU Report with Bob Calloway.
Welcome into another edition of the HBCU Report. I am your host, Rob Calloway, hanging out with you Tuesday, June 9th, 2020. Thank you for tuning in, however you may be listening. Uh, don't forget to follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at HBCU Report. Also, when we're not here, we're there. There is our official content partner, SportsNewsAndBrews.com, your official source for sports, black news, political news, and the latest on your favorite craft beers. And speaking uh, sportsnewsandbrews.com I'd like to um, direct your attention to the website just for a moment uh, we have several articles that my guy Jamie Walker shouts out to Jamie Walker he is an Aggie for life but he always does a great job uh, with the articles that he writes for the website and so um, he has uh, two really good ones up there uh, about the SWAC and the MEAC and his latest one, uh, HBCU Sports Stability, uh, what, is, what is really the best course is uh, his latest entry. So please uh, make sure that you check that out. We actually um, put it up on social media and all of that stuff as well. So make sure that you support my boy, Jamie Walker, also known as Coach J-Dub. Uh, that's my dog right there. Appreciate it, big dog. Um, also, um, today, man, um, George Floyd or Big Floyd, as they call him, man, I wish I knew George Floyd. He seemed like he was such a cool dude. Like when you hear everybody talk about George Floyd, it's like, damn, man, he could have been my partner, you know, but, uh, Big Floyd, uh, was laid to rest today after, um, you know, several, uh, tribute, several, uh, ceremonies, uh, commemorating his life. Um, you know, such a tragic situation and I'm not going to dwell on this, but such a, a tragic situation, uh, yet such a, uh, triumphant home going, if you will, um, only befitting it is only befitting man, uh, that this guy, you know, he, here's what I'll say about big Floyd, George Floyd. If things, if things in America start to go the right way, George Floyd would be the catalyst for all of this. Now we know there have been a lot of deaths at the hand of, at the hands of police, all of that stuff. A lot of people have been beaten up, all of that stuff. We know, but never have I seen an outrage in young people the way that I have right here, right now. And so, uh, you know, it's a damn shame that somebody always has to be the sacrificial lamb, if you will, for change, right? Martin Luther King, you know, what was the, I mean, he was the sacrificial lamb, you know, and uh, here's a guy that nobody knew prior to this videotape going viral. I mean, not the world. I mean, you know, he was known to his loved ones and his close friends and family, but you know, here's a guy that seemingly no one knew and his death could be the catalyst for the change that we are looking for in this, this country, in this world. And I think that that is just uh, absolutely amazing. Um, tragic, yet amazing. You know, that's that's just life that, you know, it's some it, it's wild because there are some some awesome things that can come out of a terrible situation. I mean, it is. I mean, it, you know, we hate to lose people, but a lot of times, you know, it's necessary. I don't, I don't know who needed to hear that, you know, but 
you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. This is the HBCU Report. Rob Calloway uh, hanging out with you guys Tuesday night. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for for tuning in. Uh, if you've missed any of our previous episodes uh, or if you, this is your first time tuning into the show. Oh, matter of fact, just pause real quick. Shouts out to everyone uh, that just came over from Dr. Kenyatta Cavill's inside the HBCU Sports Lab. We started doing this thing last week where I come on with them uh, 15, the last 15 minutes of, of their broadcast and it leads right into this show. So that's why we adjusted the time to 8.15 so that I could chop it up with them uh, for 15 minutes and lead right <clears throat> into this show. So uh, big shouts out to everyone tuning in for the first time or for the second time uh, that usually... Uh, rock with with the crew over there inside the HBCU Sports Lab. Really do appreciate it. All right. But as I was saying, if you've missed any episode or you're new to the HBCU report, you can go back, relive any episode, any edition, any interview uh, that you might have missed uh, 24-7 on demand via Spreaker, iHeartRadio, the TuneIn Radio app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, or any platform where great podcasts are served. All right. There you have it. There you have it. All right, so uh, coming up on tonight's show, got a great one for you. If you follow us on social media, you already know. SWAT Commissioner Charles McClellan is going to check in with us. And, man, he is the most popular dude in sports right now. I swear to God. He was on every HBCU media outlet last week, and I said, you know what? He's just killing it right now. I'm going to just wait and I'll catch up with him next week because it was just a lot. You know, that whole fam you thing, man, that thing was huge. It was huge. And so um, now that all of that stuff has kind of simmered down, then I definitely wanted to um, be able to bring the commissioner on so uh, we could get his thoughts on everything that is transpiring right now within his conference. Uh, something else that I wanted to talk about really quick, and don't forget, this is the official kickoff of the year 2000. We are celebrating, we are commemorating the year 2000 uh, right here this week on the HBCU Report. His, um, you know, we were talking about Big Floyd, George Floyd. Uh, something else that I think might have finally shut some people up. Michael Jordan and the Jordan brand have pledged a hundred million dollars to racial equality. Now, you know, I've said some things, you know, not a whole lot because I don't really feel like it's Michael Jordan's job to bail black America out. I feel like from time to time he might need to say something. And when things have really bothered him, he has. And so, um, you know, Jordan and the Jordan brand will be donating this money and I think that this is um, this is awesome. And then Nike kicked in an additional forty million, and so you know this is uh, this is this is something real right here for Michael Jordan. And according, uh, this is a quote from uh, Jordan Brand President Craig Williams. He says, uh, "There is still more work for us to do uh, to drive the real impact for the black community. We embrace the responsibility." There you have it, Michael Jordan embracing the responsibility. Oh, I know some of y'all out there mad. Ooh, some of y'all big mad, as they say. Because Michael Jordan finally put his money where his mouth was. He finally shut y'all Negroes up. Uh. (laughs) I love it. I love it. I love it. All right, so before we're joined by SWAT Commissioner Charles McClellan, we have to take a look back at the year 2000, all right? 
It was January 31st of the year 2000. Now, this is a two-parter, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know if I should flip this around. Matter of fact, let's flip this around. All right. It was January 30th in the year 2000. The St. Louis Rams defeated the Tennessee Titans 23-16 in Super Bowl, what was it, 24. I think it was Super Bowl 24 at the Georgia Dome. All right. Now, let's tie this together with the pop culture story. It was January 31st of 2000 that Ray Lewis, the superstar linebacker with the Baltimore Ravens, was involved in a bar fight and was indicted on murder charges, a stabbing death. Yeah. Ray ended up being acquitted of all charges. A lot of folks think that he got away with it because, you know, the the the, the uh, fur had blood all on it. And uh, look. I'll just say this without going into detail about Ray and my thoughts on Ray. All I'll say about this is that if you live in Atlanta, if you are anywhere from 40 and up, you know what happened as a result of January 31st, the night of January 30th going into the 31st. Basically, this Ray Lewis stabbing, this whole situation, it screwed the entire nightlife in the city of Atlanta. See, where Ray and his crew were partying in the Buckhead Bar District, man, this is where, look, this is where it used to go down. All the clubs, all the bars, everything, and this is when Atlanta didn't shut down at all. 5, 6 a.m., if that. I mean, hell, we had a club down on Peachtree called Club Anytime, and that damn place never closed. So, at one point, Atlanta never shut down really, really, if you were part of that underground scene, right? But definitely, the, the Buckhead bar scene didn't shut down till like 5, 6 in the morning. But we got Ray Lewis to thank for that. So, thanks, Uncle Ray. Thanks, Ray. No, really, thanks, Ray. In music, Supreme Clientele, the second studio album by Ghostface Killer, was released February 8th of 2000. And Stankonia, the fourth studio album by Outkast, was released October 31st of 2000 by LaFace Records. At the box office, January 12th, next Friday, the sequel to the 1995 classic starring Ice Cube, Mike Epps, Dunn, D.C. Curry, and the late, great John Witherspoon hit theaters. And it was October 12th of 2000, the original Kings of Comedy, directed by Spike Lee, Featuring Steve Harvey, D.L. Hughley, Cedric the Entertainer, and the late Bernie Mac. Who wants some milk and cookies? <laughs> All right, coming up on the other side, man. Swag Commissioner Charles McClellan, and we continue our celebration of the year 2000 right here on the HBCU Report. Hey, hon, what you doing with your phone? Taking pictures? No, I'm asking you questions. Like what? Hey, Bobo. Do flowers have best friends? I'm sorry. I'm afraid I don't know that. Hey, follow me. I want to show you something. Look, flowers do have best friends. Whoa. Some answers can only be found in nature. Discover the unsearchable. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a trail near you. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. If you missed the HBCU Report with Rob Calloway, here's what you missed. On the line with BJ Jones, the football guru for HBCUGameDay.com. What about moving down? Could that be a possibility? Yeah, I think that might be a possibility for a couple of schools. I think the, even in the meeting yesterday, they hinted at two schools uh, possibly moving down. But the reason that you don't have a lot of people moving down is pride. Right. I mean, for years, how many people have you heard barking at Mississippi Valley State about, hey, you guys might want to consider the FIAC. That's what keeps uh, a lot of schools at a Division One level is pride. You know, no one wants to admit that, you know, maybe we don't have the funds or facilities to do it. You know, we have that can-do attitude. And yes, you should have that. 
But if you are not getting the funds that you need from the private donations from the alumni and you're bleeding your school dry, at some point you have to be smart. HBCU sports fans, you finally have a voice. This is the HBCU Report with Rob Calloway. HBCU Report, Rob Calloway hanging out with you. Thank you for tuning in, however you may be listening, on a day where um, George Floyd was finally laid to rest. Uh, So much has happened in the time since um, uh, we witnessed his untimely death, his senseless death. And, uh, you know, hope you guys are, you know, still hanging in there, man, still fighting a good fight, ladies and gentlemen. Um, You know, here in Atlanta... Things have kind of calmed down here in Atlanta. You know, that first week, things were things were bananas. But uh, slowly but surely, the curfew was lifted, and things are kind of getting back to getting back to status quo. Um, but at the same time, the issues still remain the same. You know, today was election day here in Atlanta, so hopefully uh, we're here in the state of Georgia. So hopefully, everybody exercised their right to vote today. You know, I know a lot of you might not have known some of the people that were on the ballot, but, you know, just just consider it to be practice for November. How about that? All right. So without any further ado, as promised, we have the uh, SWAT commissioner, Charles McClellan, uh, joining us right here on the HBCU report. So first of all, commissioner, uh, welcome to the show. 
No problem, and thanks for having me on the show. Oh, not a problem. Can you not hear me? Oh, yeah, we're good now. Thank you. Um, okay. When we last spoke in December at the Celebration Bowl, it was a cold, rainy day. But you, you mentioned the possibility of expansion. And over the last month here or so, you know, everybody began to hear the rumors. Uh, but how did this whole fam you to the Southwestern Athletic Conference, how did this all come together? You know, if, if I talked about expansion in December, it definitely wasn't related to Florida A&M because I had no clue or no uh, notion that this was going to happen. This really was an effort from Florida A&M Vice President Courtney Gaucher. Uh, he put it together. He commenced a study sometime this past spring, uh, and they reached out to us you know, a couple of months ago just to say, hey, uh, if we decided to start looking, is the Southwestern Athletic Conference a possible destination? Obviously, we bounced it around and said Florida and m to the SWAC we think is a great fit, a natural uh, rivalry we start to be built amongst our member institutions. They have a great brand. They're great from an academic standpoint. They're within our geographical footprint, so it made sense. But it really was the effort of Florida A&M reaching out, doing their due diligence, and looking to see what they felt would be best for their member institution at this particular time. So I have to say hats off to President Robinson and the board, the National Alumni Chair, the Foundation Chair, all of those individuals at Florida A&M that were involved in their decision-making process. Absolutely. Now, when we talk about brands, the SWAC is home to some of the most storied HBCU programs, you know, Grambling, Alcorn, Jackson State, Southern. I got to throw my school, Bama State, in. I just got to do that. And now you add in. um, There you go. Yeah. Now you add in FAMU. So, you know, from a, a financial and athletic standpoint, how much better does this move make the SWAC? Well, the SWAC has led the SCS in attendance 42 of the last 43 years. Uh, we have two teams, I think, that were in the top five and four teams within the top 12, Florida A&M coming in 10th. So that means now that we'll have seven teams of the top 15 uh, within SCS attendance. That makes us a powerhouse from a football's perspective. But they also fit within the other sports. They fit with basketball. They fit with baseball. They fit with golf. They fit with bowling. And from a competitive standpoint, it strengthens our league and it extends our reach to Florida. We did a lot of recruiting in Florida, but now Florida is swat country. So as you talk about the HBCU and the HBCU brand, when you start naming off institutions as you did, you're you're naming off some of the greatest institutions and we're in the Southwestern Athletic Conference and you add Florida A and M, you know, to that brand. So from a from a football's perspective, can you imagine you know, just from a Florida A&M's perspective, week one going up against Alabama State, week two going up against Jackson mm-hmm. State, week three going up against Alcorn State, week four going up against Grambling, week five going up against Southern, week six going up against Alabama A&M, and then, oh, by the way, week seven I get a chance to go to Houston and play either Prairie View or Texas oh, Southern. And then, by the way, I still have my, my classic with Florida A&M. Why do they even need a game guarantee? All of those games are going to be at or near capacity. And, oh, by the way, the Marching 100 is going to be able to go, and they're getting ready to get their feathers, uh, you know, swinging now because they get to go up against some of the best bands that are out there. The show is going to be spectacular. I feel like someone that just got a brand-new sports car 
I got a lot of gadgets to play with. We just need to figure out how all of them work together. Yeah, absolutely, man. And just you just saying those matchups. I mean, I wish you could see my face over here, man. I mean, I got the biggest smile on my face because you know what? You know, it, when you when you when you bring fam to the to the swag, the swag already week in and week out. You already have premier matchups. You already have a classic light atmosphere, whether it's a classic or not, right? Now you you bring in fam, and and when you start when you start talking about a schedule like that, man, Jesus Christ, Commissioner! I mean, it's like, yeah, you yeah, you got a lot of toys. You you're the luckiest guy right now. You're the luckiest guy on the planet right now. I just got to be uh, very very honest with you, you know. But now that we have eleven, you know. Could we be talking about 12 and ultimately becoming a super conference? Well, I've got that question, uh, you know, the most after, you know, how did you get FAMU to join the SWAT? You know, and I said this very clearly. We are not in the position to expand for the sake of expanding. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were not in the position of expanding to say that we are the super conference. That, if you asked me that before, I would have already told you that. But I'm sure if you asked me, act, they would have told you that as well. I'm not going to get into the debate of Sam you making us that super conference because I believe we already Absolutely. was that super conference. Sam you just makes us the super, super conference, right? <laughs> uh, if you're a football coach or a basketball coach or any coach, you're going to have to bring your hat with you every game. There's no more, you know, uh, I've heard somebody say that you are the black SEC. Uh, I think that that's a you know a good you know analogy, but at the same time, uh, it was already tough in the swag. Fam, you just makes it tougher. But when you start talking about our ability to look at eleven teams or twelve teams, if there is a twelve team, that team is going to have to fit the same profile that Fam you fit geographically competitively and branding wise, we're not going to add just to say that we have 12 teams, right? We can fit and evolve with 11 teams. So you have divisions in football with 11 as an uneven division. Well, the only thing that we have to do is keep the divisional format without having divisions. So fam, you would theoretically play the Eastern division schools, Alabama A&M, Alabama state, Alcorn, Jackson State and Valley, and the only thing they would have to do is play three teams in the Western Division. Mm. So they could still play a Southern, they could still play a Grambling, they could still play a Texas Southern, but then you only have the top two teams to qualify for the SWAC championship versus the East winner and the West winner. So we don't necessarily have to add a 12th team to be able to keep our format and to be able to determine who goes to the Celebration Bowl. And some could argue for and against, but just think uh, Southern and Grambling plays in the Bayou Classic and then they turn around and play for the championship game on the campus of Southern University. I imagine that atmosphere would be electric or a Alcorn Jackson championship or a Purview Southern championship or a FAMU Southern championship. I mean, you could go on and on and on with the scenario. So we're not going to expand just to say that we need to get to 12. It has to be right for them and it has to be right for us. 
we did not go out and advertise we're looking uh, for Florida A&M. It just seemed to kind of happen. I said this before. You know, I'm a very religious person, and I think that it was, you know, God that intervened, right people, right place, right time. Um, but to say that, if the right 12 team came along, we definitely are in the position to listen. Wow. I almost hope that 12 team comes calling. I really do. This is the HBCU Report. Rob Calloway hanging out with you on the line right now with SWAT Commissioner Charles McClellan. And uh, we're up against the break, Commissioner. So hold the line for me really quick. Uh, Coming up on the other side, ladies and gentlemen, we will continue this conversation. Uh, Don't forget to follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at HBCU Report. When we're not here, we're there. There is sportsnewsandbrews.com, your official source for sports, black news, political news, and the latest on your favorite craft beers. All right, everybody in the car, let's go. What are we going to do first when we get there, Mom? Go for a hike? Sure. What about canoeing? Can we go canoeing, too? I don't see why. How long does it take to get to the forest? It's not that far, sweetie. (sighs) Are we there yet? Yep, we're here. Already? It's a short drive from your neighborhood to your naturehood. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a neighborhood park or green space near you. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the U.S. Force. If you missed the HBCU Report with Rob Calloway, here's what you missed. Mo Williams, head basketball coach of the Alabama State University men's basketball program. Uh, I know you haven't seen the guys yet, but once you get the guys in, what is it that you know you're going to have to do in order to be able to change the culture, per se? Laying the foundation down on how I operate, how my staff operate. Um, That's the culture, you know, and it starts with that, Culture is no different from foundation. Same definition for me. Um, setting the foundation and obviously creating an identity, who we are, who we are. If someone say Alabama State, they're going to have something to say of who we are as a team. Um, teams that don't have an identity usually not pretty good. Um, so you want to develop a culture, develop who you are, develop who you recruit, um, who you attract. Um, that, that, that's important. And, and obviously the most important thing, and I echo this with everybody I talk to, is getting these kids graduated. HBCU sports fans, you finally have a voice. This is the HBCU Report with Rob Calloway. To write this, Queen, I ain't seen you in a minute. Wrote this letter and finally decide to send it. Sign, sealed, delivered for us to grow together. Love has no limit. Let's spin a slow forever. I know your heart is weathered by what studs did to you. I ain't gonna solve them because I probably did it too. Because of you feelings I handle with care. Some recognize your life, but they can handle the glare. You know I ain't the type to walk around with matching shirts. A relationship is effort. I will match your work. I want to be the one to make you happiest. It hurts you the most. They say the end is near. It's important that we close to the most high. Regardless of what happened on him, let's rely. Second. It's important we communicate and tune the fate of this union to the right pitch. I never call you my to 
even my boo. It's so much in the name and so much more in you. Few understand the union of woman and man. It's sex and a tingle is where they assuming it land. But that's fly by night for you in the sky, right? During these cold shy nights, moon, you my light. If heaven had a height, you would be that tall. Ghetto the coffee shop, I see that all. Let's stick to understanding and we won't fall. For better or worse times, I hope to me you call. So I pray every day more than anything. Friends will stay as we begin to lay this foundation for a family. Love ain't simple. Why can't it be anything worth having? You work at annually. Granted, we've known each other for some time. It don't take a whole day to recognize sunshine. You listen to more than hip-hop And I can catch you in the mix From beauty to thrift shop Plus you shit-pop when it's time to Thinking you fresh With Justin Beast I should rhyme to At times when I'm lost I try to find you You know to give me space When it's time to My heart's dictionary defines you It's love and happiness Truthfully it's hard Trying to practice happiness The time we committed love It was real good Had to be for me to arrive And it still feel good I know the sex ain't gonna keep you But as my equal It's how I must treat you It's my reflection The light I'ma lead you And whatever's right I'ma feed you Yo I tell you The hell was coming Talk about y'all <laughs> Oh man, what well, he did tell her, he he was gonna tell her the rest when he see him. So I guess it was something too, because <laughs> I have no idea. This is the HBCU report. Rob Calloway hanging out with you guys. Thank you for tuning in Tuesday night. Um, no place, no place else for you to be. What else you got going on on a Tuesday night? Nothing. Nothing. Don't forget to follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at HBCU Report. When we're not here, we're there. There is our official content partner, SportsNewsAndBrews.com, your official source for sports, black news, political news, and the latest on your favorite craft beers. Rob Calloway on the line right now with uh, SWAT Commissioner Charles McClellan. So, Commissioner, let's talk about this Sweat Miak thing. We know we have the Sweat Miak Challenge or the Miak Sweat Challenge that kicks off uh, the season, and then the season is concluded. You, with, you said it. You, you said it right. I know I did. I know I did. I know it's Sweat Bias on this show, Commissioner. I know I said it the right way, but but for branding purposes, you know, I there try to go. I try to do it right. There so, but we know that. Um, the Celebration Bowl is coming up on the final year of, of, of its deal. Um, have there been any discussions regarding the renewal of the game? Absolutely. We're in the uh, preliminary stages of, of doing that. And I realize that the MEAC has had some schools to leave. Dr. Dennis Thomas, one of the best administrators out there. Uh, he has over three decades uh, really four decades of uh, administration, especially if you go back to his football coaching days. He built the MEAC, uh, so he has a plan. The MEAC isn't going anywhere. The Celebration Bowl isn't going anywhere. The MEAC Swag Challenge isn't going anywhere. It's only going to get bigger, and it's gonna, only going to get better. And if anything, this move did, it probably would make that rivalry uh, that much better. You know, Florida A&M has a really, really, really good football team. Just imagine. Yeah, they're the national champs. Florida A&M <laughs> won. Yeah, just imagine if they won the Celebration Bowl this upcoming year, turn around, join the SWAC, 
and then uh, go represent the swag in the celebration. Yeah, that would have been that would have been that dynamic. would be historic, and yeah. that's what Coach Simmons said he wants to uh, go after. So I just think it's going to enhance the rivalry. I think it's going to bring more intrigue. More people are going to want to watch it. More people are going to be a part of it. I have no doubt that Commissioner Thomas has a as a plan and will keep the MEAC going in the manner in which he did. He is the one that built MEAC to this right. conglomerate conference that was so dominant. So there's no doubt that he knows what he's doing. Absolutely. Now, you know, when you talk about administrators and Dennis Thomas is, I mean, he's one of the guys that, that's hands-on responsible for the, the whole celebration ball thing. But, um, Absolutely. you know, when you talk about administrators, you know, I want to talk about you as, as an administrator. You know, uh, as a SWAT guy, you know, first of all, I, I have to I have to tip my hat my hat to you and tell you thank you, you know, for not just being a commissioner, but for being a visible commissioner and a commissioner um, that is about change. Now, you being an administrator at Texas Southern, I don't have to tell you that at one point in time there were teams that were actually looking to leave the SWAT in favor of the MEAC. Um, I was talking. I was talking to BJ Jones from HBCUGameDay.com uh, over the weekend, and I was uh, using. I was comparing the Wizard of Oz, and I know you've seen the Wizard of Oz, and you know how the the wizard was behind the curtain and controlling everything, but you never saw the wizard, right? At one point, correct. At one point, it was almost like that for you know for people that followed swag football or, or swag athletics that we knew we had a commissioner, but things were happening, but. You know, we never could, you know, actually, you know, get face to face and say, hey, well, what's going on with this? And and like I said, the one thing that I know about you is that, you know, is that you've been very visible in, in your time there. You've been very visible and you've been a man of the people. And so, you know, I just want to say thank you for that, because that's that's huge. I mean, for, for people to know that you have a, a commissioner that people actually put their hands on and he's going to actually give you. Our response, whether it's the response you want or not, you know, that that speaks volumes to your character. So thank you. Well, and I think it goes back to my upbringing. I am swag. You know, I know you heard the story and I said it time and time again, mother and father met at Alcorn. Wife is a Grambling grad. Both boys went to swag schools, Texas Southern, and the oldest is at Jackson State. Uh, my sister is a, is a Southern grad. Father got his master's at Jackson State. So literally, if it wasn't for SWAC, I wouldn't be here. So it's not just a job. It literally is a passion. I, I go back to uh, one of my purview stories. People ask, you know, how in the world did you turn purview around? We had an 86-game losing streak. We had the lowest budget. Uh, in the SWAC at $3.1 million were Southern at the time. They were spending about 10 uh, we ended up, you know, turning it around, winning championships and, and doing, you know, great things, which ultimately led me to Texas Southern. I think we had not won a major championship since 1964. And when I left, they won the football championship the year that I left. I left that but August, I mean, that April, and they won that December. We won men's basketball. We won women's basketball. We won baseball. We had won multiple tracks. We had won softball. I mean, we were we were shutting the thing down with limited money. And people asked, what caused that? And I remember being on the radio station, traveling with the basketball team, getting bottles thrown at us, getting ridiculed at restaurants, right? 
Uh, and I re- remember saying, if I could do anything to turn Prairie around, I'm going to put my heart, energy, and soul into it. And we were able to turn Prairie View around. It wasn't because we had the greatest facilities, because we didn't. It wasn't because we had the largest budgets. It was because we cared and we all vested. And that's the same mentality that I have with the Southwestern Athletic Conference. I'm not going to let this conference die. I'm not going to let this conference be second fiddle to anybody. And the only way that you can do that is to let people know that you're genuine and you're doing this for the right reasons. I'm not doing this for money. I'm not doing this for fame. I'm not doing this for prestige. Uh, I had Texas Southern rolling. I had a nice cushy job at Texas Southern. I had to uproot my family, my wife, everybody and move to Birmingham to take this job. But it not only was a passion for me, it was a passion for her. And we did this thing as a, as a group, as a unit. And that is the reason why you see me doing the things that I do. Cause it's not just a job. It's really something that I believe in. And when you, believe in something, you tend to put all into it. And that's what we did as a family. Wow. That's great stuff right there. Now, speaking of Birmingham, before I let you go, man, you right there in Birmingham. And so this for my folks. We've been having a conversation for weeks. Uh, the new stadium being built up there for uh, University of Alabama, Birmingham. Um, have there been any conversations regarding moving the Magic City Classic to, to that new venue? I do think that there are conversations that are in talks. Now, keep in mind, that's not in my wheelhouse. Uh, that is between Alabama State, Alabama right. A&M, and the individuals that have the stadium. But I have heard that there have been conversations about those schools moving to that stadium. Where that is, I don't know. If it's going to stay at Legion Field, I don't know. But I can confirm that I've at least had um, you know, the opportunity to be in the room to hear some of the city people and the county people talk about wanting Alabama A&M and Alabama State to play in the stadium. All right. Well, very good. He is Commissioner, SWAT Commissioner, Charles McClellan. Uh, Commissioner, thank you so much for, for joining the show. Thank you so much for, you know, bringing, bringing so much insight. And thank you for bringing found to the SWAT. Well, we got, we got, got some new meat in the SWAT. That Alabama State, Florida A&M game down there in, uh, in Montgomery, Alabama. And, you know, it's going to be an electric atmosphere. Sam youth fans are excited. And the one thing that I didn't know, is that their band did not get an opportunity to do a lot of traveling with the team. You can put them on a bus now, get them there, and get them oh, home yeah. before oh, yeah. sundown. Yeah, it's, it's going to be exciting, and I'm excited to be a part of it. It's a, it's a great time, man. It's a great time to be a member of the SWAT. Commissioner, like I said, thank you so much, and uh, we look forward to talking to you down the road, okay? No problem. Again, thanks for having me on the show. All right, great stuff right there from SWAT Commissioner Charles McClellan. I told you guys Saturday morning that you never knew who was going to stop by. Because, hell, I never know who's going to stop by uh, the HBCU report. So we got the commissioner on a Tuesday night. Coming up Thursday night, we've got uh, Morehouse Maroon Tiger basketball coach Grady Brewer going to check in with us. Uh, He has an article, a sit-down interview that he did with the AJC uh, last week. Powerful where he talks about racial injustice and he talks about uh, some things that he faced as a black man growing up here in Atlanta. And so a uh, very, very powerful article. And so I'm uh, going to have him on the show Thursday night. And so that should be great. And then, of course, Saturday, the big show. And, you know, we do it real big on Saturdays. I got a special treat for you all coming up uh, this Saturday. Uh, matter of fact. All right. So uh, all hearts and minds clear. Everybody good. All hearts and minds clear. 
Well, if all hearts and minds are clear, that about do it for another edition of the HBCU Report. I'd like to thank tonight's guest, Charles McClelland, and of course, you, the listener, because without you, there would be no HBCU Report. Don't forget to tell a friend, to tell a friend, to tell a friend that the HBCU Report is live three days a week, Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. Be sure to follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at HBCU Report. When we're not here, we're there. There is our official content partner, SportsNewsAndBrews.com, your official source for sports, black news, political news, and the latest on your favorite craft beers. And so that about do it, folks. Um, I will talk to you guys Thursday night. Just remember, tomorrow's not priming, so we've got to be the best version of ourselves every damn day. This is the HBCU Report. I am Rob Calloway. Gone. It's the HBCU Report with Bob Calloway.